Our learning objective is to interpret a balance sheet, an income statement, and a statement of cash flows. The basic balance sheet consists of two sides. You think of the left-hand side as being the assets. That is a list of the things that a firm owns. The right-hand side tells us where the firm got the money from to buy the things on the left-hand side. And so the amount of money that was raised to buy the items has to equal the value of the items that you are showing. And so the balance sheet always balances. Okay, let's look at the asset side in a little more detail. Assets are always listed in decreasing order of liquidity. Remember, liquidity is the ability to quickly convert an asset to cash with little or no loss in value. Well, the first asset that is always listed is cash itself. Then we go to accounts receivable, which is where the firm has lent money to its customers to buy the firm's product, and then inventory. These three asset categories make up what we refer to as current assets. So the current assets are what we think of as the liquid assets of the firm. We then move to the uh, long-term assets of the firm, which includes things like plant equipment, land, and so on. And then the final category is other assets, which is things that don't fit into the traditional categories that we just discussed. You total these up and you get total assets. Now, in the case of the long-term assets, keep in mind that some of these are depreciated, which means we make a charge against them every year to recognize that they are deteriorating in value. And so these are shown as, on the balance sheet as net of depreciation. I always find it somewhat interesting that what for most firms is the single most valuable asset is not listed on the, uh, on the balance sheet under assets. And that is the workforce, the human capital of the firm. For most firms, if all the employees suddenly got up and walked out, the firm would be pretty much, in effect, worthless. But we don't value what the workforce is. We value the physical assets. The right-hand side, again, is where the firm got the money from to buy the assets. There are only two sources of money to a firm. You can either borrow the money, which is debt, or you can have the owners put in the money, which is the equity. Okay, so on the right-hand side, we list the debt first. We start with, we, we list the debt in increasing order of maturity. So we start with short-term debt, which uh, we refer to as current liabilities. Current liabilities are all debts that are due within one year. 
So things like accounts payable and short-term notes, and, and even uh, the portion of long-term debt that might be due within the coming year is listed as part of current liabilities. Then we move to long-term liabilities, which is any debt that is due in more than one year. So bonds, would corporate bonds, would be the major uh, item listed there. The other source of money to the firm is money that the owners have put in, and we refer to this as net worth. We also uh, categorize it as stockholders' equity, or sometime, or usually just equity. So the terms equity, stockholders' equity, and net worth are all used interchangeably. There is no intent to distinguish equity from net worth. There are actually two sources of equity to the firm. One is where the firm has raised money by actually selling stock to the investors. So the money that the investors pay to the firm to acquire the shares is one source of equity. And the other source of equity is as the firm earns money over time, it will keep some of the money it has earned, that is it will retain some of its earnings, and the balance it will pay out in the form of dividends. So earnings that are retained we refer to as retained earnings, and that too provides a source of financing, but it's also the shareholder's money. Because remember, uh, as a stockholder, shareholders have a claim to the earnings and the dividends of the company. So any earnings of the company are the stockholders' money, and if the board of directors makes the decision to keep some of those earnings to help finance the growth of the company, they are in effect forcing the stockholders to invest more into the firm. The other major financial statement is the income statement. The income statement starts with net sales, you subtract out cost of goods sold, and you get gross profit or gross income. We then subtract expenses, and expenses are typically grouped into two categories, cash and depreciation or non-cash expenses. The reason we usually treat depreciation and non-cash as interchangeable is that uh, for most firms, depreciation is the only non-cash expense, or for many firms, depreciation is the major non-cash expense and far dominates any of the other non-cash expenses. So when you subtract the cash and non-cash expenses, you get earnings before interest and taxes, which is also known as EBIT, E-B-I-T. From EBIT, you subtract the interest expense and you get taxable income. From taxable income, you subtract taxes and you get net profit or net income. So it's sort of interesting that a firm actually has four types of income gross profit or gross income, EBIT, also known as operating income, taxable income, and net income or net profit.
Let's look at some true-false questions. A firm's liabilities may exceed its assets. Well, that's, that's a, uh, actually a uh, true statement because uh, the retained earnings account that a firm has not only indicates all the accumulated profits that the firm has uh, accrued over time, but if the firm is unfortunate enough to have a series of losses, then those losses get incorporated into the retained earnings account, and if they're serious enough, uh, the equity account may actually be a negative number. And so you combine a negative equity with liabilities and you would end up with assets and it, it, it would mean that the liabilities were in fact greater than the assets. Now, such firms uh, usually don't stay in existence for long, but it is certainly possible for liabilities to exceed assets. EBIT may be a negative number and the firm still has a net cash flow. Well, that one would be true. EBIT could be a negative number and the firm have a net positive net cash flow, and the reason would be that the cash flow would be defined as the uh, net income plus the non-cash expenses. So if you have a very large depreciation charge, you could, could end up with a negative EBIT, and yet when you looked at the cash that came in, from, uh, from your operations, uh, it could still be a very, uh, it could still be a positive number. A firm may use the cash in its stockholders' equity if its checking account balance is low. This one, of course, is false. Unfortunately, I have over the years heard uh, quite a, a few anecdotes where uh, people on boards of directors who are, are thinking about uh, making uh, acquisitions will make statements to the effect of, well, let's use the cash in our retained earnings account. The truth is, the, what is in the retained earnings account just tells you where the money came from. That money has long since been invested in the assets of the firm. So nothing on the right-hand side of the balance sheet represents a pool of cash. The only cash the firm has is what is in the cash account on the asset side. So this statement, of course, is false. 